Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Katia Sue, who carries the titles of entrepreneur, wife, and now mother of twin boys. Today, we are grateful to hear her journey of navigating a whirlwind of a year and welcoming her boys earthside. Katya, can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Katya Sue. I um, am a wife and a mother of two beautiful twin boys. Um, personally, I consider myself an entrepreneur. I do real estate as well as run our Sue Family Foundation, which is something I'm really excited about and very passionate about as well. And um, I'm super excited to be joining you guys. Listen, we are thrilled to have you. So welcome. <laughs> Uh, but let's start off. Tell us a little bit about your pregnancy. Yeah. So, um, pregnancy was amazing to an extent, you know what I mean? You, you kind of have this whole idea of how you think it's going to go and how you've seen other pregnant women and they're like, Oh, they look so beautiful with their bellies. Or, you know, they talk about, Oh, my feet are killing me. And I'm like, Oh, well, you know, you get foot massages and it'll be okay. And, um, I would say the beginning of my pregnancy was a bit rough to be completely honest. Um, I had some complications in the beginning, um, and then things got better in the second trimester and third trimester as well. I can dive deep into that if we want to. Um, yeah. So for, for that, with my pregnancy happening, I, two things, one is I'm a super active person. And, um, within about two weeks of my pregnancy, I was told no activity. So I went from first you're pregnant. Let's have you not do any of your lifting and your, your six days a week, um, heavy lifting and biking and activity with like for you just to do some really, you know, long walks and doing all of that. And then, um, I, yeah, about week two or three, they were like, uh, I had a little bit of bleeding and they, so they asked that I just not really do anything. And then, um, I'd say about a month in, we, I had some more heavy bleeding and that was a bit scary, uh, for sure. My husband was an amazing support, um, all through my entire pregnancy, but this one particularly, and then I had a second bleed and that one was one for me that I, was not sure if I was still going to be pregnant or not. Luckily, my cervix was closed. Babies were good. I just was having um, a little bit of a complication with that. So that really stopped me from doing super active activity, which is a lifestyle I had to none at all. Um, but I was so blessed to have two beautiful babies and, and relatively healthy within that pregnancy. So it was a new way of finding, um, my new way of life on top of being in COVID and not being able to see people and what's your new release and how are you going to handle everything? And I was like, man, this is a bit of a curveball. Um, I also, on top of that during my first trimester was sick every day, all day. So like I lost a bit of weight. I couldn't really keep anything down. The smell of foods was just, I was, was not, I was not having that. Not very much. I was a lot of water, a lot of tea, um, some green juices and stuff to try to make sure I was having nutrients. But uh, nine times out of 10 after I ate about either during the meal, before the meal or after the meal, I was in the bathroom. <laughs> so that was a bit rough. Um, and then second trimester was really cake. It, I didn't even really, I, it was like the joys I think of, of being pregnant. You have the nice belly and you're, we decided to tell people um, 
I have a beautiful village. So my family, our immediate family, and some of our really close friends knew right away that I was pregnant. But second trimester is kind of where we shared with everyone and on social. Um, and then third trimester was what I call kind of crazy because um, my husband plays football and he won a Super Bowl. So that was amazing. And then <laughs> and then after that, uh, we moved into a new home. So I had to get furniture and do all of that, get stuff ready for the babies. And then I had two twin boys. So woo, pregnancy was great, but it was a bit of a little bit of everything. And thinking about your um, experiences being an athlete yourself and the body changes that went through that first trimester, um, yeah. and just kind of the shock to the system, like, hey, I'm built for this. And you are, of course, right? But that yeah. fear of like the bleeding and not being able to move your body the way you're used to, how yeah. that could be very mentally um, just kind of exposes you in a way, right? Absolutely. I think one of the things with that is, is, I think in general, vulnerability really happens with pregnancy or with changes that you have with your body. Um, and so being vulnerable to the fact of you're going to be bringing life into the world. So what you do with your body that during that time is really important. And then vulnerability to the changes that are happening and um, the responsibility, at least you know personally, I felt with carrying these lives and you know, you also are, you have your family who's super excited, your husband or your spouse or your partner who's super excited about that. And, um, it's kind of like this, you're excited too, but you have to be vulnerable because it's your responsibility that to carry on or carry out what everyone is so excited about. And sometimes I think that can add a little bit of added stress and pressure to it. And then if you are, um, having a pregnancy where there are some complications, then there might be some additional, feelings and emotions towards that. So definitely it was some time that I had to take and, um, really like remind myself that this is God's path and God's plan. And regardless of whatever that is that he made, and, and, you know, we were built for this as, you know, as we referred to, he made this to happen in a certain way. And I had a moment with my husband that we were in the bathroom and he just like gave me a hug and he was like, no matter what happens at this point, it was after my first bleed and we weren't really sure where, where things were going to go. He was like, it doesn't matter. We're good. And that was a really, I don't know if he even knows how impactful that was to me because it, it reassured me that, you know, he's my best friend. You know, I, I, I always feel like we're going to be good, but in moments like these, you, you hear about stories of things that can kind of shift a relationship and to know that I have his support and I had his support no matter what, our path was going to be really think put ease on me um, in a lot of different emotionally mental ways. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, and it was COVID too during all that. So those normal outlets of being fulfilled, like we talked about, like the fitness, I mean, just to even be able to go, I couldn't even go on a long walk. I, I went about three blocks. I could go a three block radius of down and back. And that was about it is kind of what they had said. It wasn't allowed to lift more than a gallon of milk. So if you really put that into perspective, like, I was like, so can I pick up the gallon of milk or can I not? I'm like, so, you know, I'm like, is that, is that something that I can do? And then it was like, you know, and then I'm like, oh, well, I can do laundry. And then I'm like, well, wait, now I think my laundry is heavier than a gallon of milk. So I would like do as much as I could. And then I have to wait until like we had a friend come over or when he got home, I'm like, can you carry this to the bedroom? Cause I can, I'm not, I'm not allowed to care. I'll be trying to like kick it, kick the basket down the hall. I'm like, is there something I can do there? So that was totally a different way of like really having to look at life, you know, and, and 
all the things that I took for granted and that I just was always able to do, you know, was, was different. It was a different experience. So yeah, mentally, one of the things I will say though, that I think really helped me with the mental aspect is I have a village, um, an amazing village. When I, I grew up in a, a house, household full of, of, of girls. I have two younger sisters and my mom and my dad and his mom. And, and he also has sisters as well. So he's an older sister and three younger sisters and beautiful and amazing friends. And so, and I had some really great doctors also that I felt really listened to me. And I, I think that's also a privilege as well to have that, not every, you know, you hear about all different types of experiences. Um, when it comes to African-American women, um, brown women that have different experiences when it comes to birth and um, pregnancy. And I really felt like my voice was heard um, during the pregnancy and then during birth because birth had some some fun twists and turns as well in, in that. So thinking about how pregnancy, how your journey of pregnancy was, um, and then also navigating COVID, what did preparing for birth look like for you? And was that something you were thinking about throughout your pregnancy? Yes. Uh, well, it's totally different than what I had imagined in my brain of what, you know, you, know, you watch in the movies, you and your husband or your spouse go to the birthing classes and you work on your breathing and you sit in the circle and you all hear about it and you have the dolls and you practice all of those things. And, um, and that was like not the case for us. We did all of our like baby prep online, watching videos and reading. So like we would watch a birth video and after our first one, I think we, we, neither one of us really spoke we just watched it and we we're like okay i think we're gonna go to bed and the next morning we were like how are you feeling about that it was just it was a little it was it was neither one of us had had i've never been in a birth birthing room i i haven't seen it like i and so you know we were both like wow okay it's a beautiful thing but it was it's you know it's 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 a little it's it's a little shocking the first time you see it when you have no context of maybe a professional talking you through it. And this is what you can expect. And so you're like reading a sentence and then you're watching and you're like, Whoa, okay. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit different there, you know? Um, so that was, that was a bit of a change, uh, our, our shift for us of doing that. And then we, we had plans of like, um, so I guess two, two, two ways. One, um, I, with having twins, I had one baby that was head down and I had one baby that was breech. So Kingston was head down and Kari was breech and he was breech the entire pregnancy until like three weeks out. And then he flipped and I, we like, we went in there for like what would have been like our last like big ultrasound. And they were like, Oh, there's two heads down. We were like, really? Because we had prepared um, for a few different scenarios, half majority of my pregnancy was in Tampa and with twins, they typically will come early. So I had to be prepared to possibly have the twins in Tampa while our home base is in Portland, Oregon. So then I had a doctors in Portland, Oregon who were following my pregnancy in, in Portland to make sure that when I got here, they understood what was kind of going on through the whole pregnancy. And I had a wonderful doctor, Dr. Chang, who um, was a, specializes in high-risk pregnancies and breech extractions. So because Kari was breech, I had really wanted to do a vaginal birth. Um, and one of my, I guess one of my fears was is that I would have one that would come out vaginally and then have to do a, a C-section as well. And there I know are women who have had to do that. And holy moly, like that, I can't even imagine um, and so for me, we kind of looked at the breach extraction scenario, but then there was a scenario of, well, what if she had just got off a 24 hour shift 
right? And she can't do the breech extraction. So now I have another doctor that would come in and obviously help me with birth. Um, so then for that, we had planned to do a C-section. So there was like all of these different, you know, plans going on and then Kari flips. So then we're like, okay, wait, now, now, as long as everything goes, you know, it's planned and there aren't any really huge complications, then I can do birth vaginally, which was, so preparing for that was a big one. And then was we got towards the end of my birth, we really tried to look at like help that we might need and people. And so we, we found a doula service here in Portland, which has been for me, I think one of the best things and decisions that we have made. Um, our, my, the, the doula team that we have is amazing. And so we were able to, like, I think it was maybe a week and a half. I had, I was induced for my pregnancy. So I went full term 38 weeks with the twin boys, which was, whew, I, I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that. Um, that was, I was, whew, my stomach was, was really out there, but that was exciting. <laughs> Um, but so she was, she was able to show us different ways to swaddle and, 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 and I've had baby experience and Dominican on the other hand is had to get a little bit more experience. So, you know, he knew how to hold a baby, but different ways of maybe feeding them or changing them ways to swaddle them and do all of that. So it was, it was so awesome though, to see him do that because I, he did it. And then he started asking like really detailed questions and I was like, okay, husband, go ahead. This is, it was, it was so exciting to like see him be excited about it. And so that, that was just, it was really cool. So things were not how we had originally planned, but I think the way that they ended up going with being COVID and everything was still, was still pretty awesome. Um, there's a softness that we get to see in our partners mm-hmm. as they become parents, mm-hmm. right? And it's just, mm-hmm. it's just the sweetest. <laughs> it makes your heart like skip by four beats. Right. <laughs> That's my boo. That's like a whole, you're like falling in love with them on a different level all over mm-hmm. again. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you too were built for this. <laughs> yes, 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 100%. And it may sound weird. I, I've, you know, I've known my husband since 2009, we went to college together. So we've been friends. And I like to say we've grown up together, you know, through the, through the youth of the 20s and figuring out who we are as individuals and adults and all that, all that goodness. And so I always knew he was going to make a great dad. Um, and so to see it and, and to have that growth and to see it and see him click and, and just love on the babies and love on me and support and, and really do all the things that I knew he could do and that he, he does that. And, and he does that and beyond is just like, makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. And, you know, I'm like, I brag to his mom all the time. I'm like, he's so great. And she's like, you know, as a mom, oh, he's, he, yep, he's going to be, he's sure. And I'm like, yes, he, yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you know? So. You guys had a lot of plans mixed in yeah. that. That's a lot to juggle mentally too. We're, we are, one thing that he and I are, are similar in is that we, we like to plan for things. We really like to understand the situation, look at all the scenarios, plan for it all. And I think that was one thing about becoming parents is that you cannot plan for everything. And man, we really tried. We really, we really tried. But I think that at least discussing as many scenarios as we possibly could allowed for us to be as prepared as maybe we could be if you're trying to be prepared. You know what I mean? I don't, I, I, 
I get it now when people say you can, you're never, you're never prepared. You're never ready, but you're ready. Or, you know, you're, you can do as much as you, you, you know? And so I get it now. I understand that, that your life changes and everything's like, you know, like your life will never be the same, but it's a great thing. You know, you, you'll, and it's like, but it's a hundred percent correct. Your my life is not the same, but I wouldn't want to go back. You know what I mean? It's, it's a totally different way and movement and, um, but the love that's there is still there. You know what I mean? Your, your, your best friend is still there. You're getting to go through this whole new experience and the poops and the the peas and the, he finally got peed on. I was like, I'm not the only one. Like, you know, with those things of like, you know, that you're like, and it, 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 you can give each other a hard time now in, in a different way. And, um, I don't know. I, the way I've really just looked at it is, is it's just another chapter for us to learn and grow together and become more as one. And I, I just, I, I mean, I, I'm loving, I'm loving it. All right. Walk us through your birth. Start from the beginning. <laughs> All right. So the birth. So I go in on a Thursday for inducement, uh, which went really well. So we did, um, I cannot think of the term of it and I apologize, but I had a balloon and then we also did the IV. And then after the night went through, my cervix opened, um, and the process and, and the way that they would want it to. So we took the balloon out and I stayed on the IV and we, we went about the way one, one thing I want to backpedal just a sec is that with COVID you were not allowed to have more than just your partner in. And then it became, you can have your partner in one other person. And then it went back and then it went back again. And so for me, my mom was just here and was ready for whatever that scenario would be. Cause that, that's who I wanted. We wanted her to be in there. One, it's my mom. And you, you know, you always want mom there. And then two, she's done it before, <laughs> you know, we were like, we got to have someone who's been in here who's done this before. Like, you know, we have no idea what to expect. Um, and so I was lucky enough to be able to have my husband and my mom come in. And so that was awesome. So, um, my mom, my mom and my husband come in with us, cervix opens, process starts really great. Um, I had the original plan to not have an epidural and that did not happen. I, I, I definitely ended up asking to have one, um, which I'm really glad that I did. I, I don't really know why, but they had mentioned that even if I had requested not to, that they probably would have asked that I do it because I had twins. And I don't really know. I didn't ask at that time. And I haven't asked since why they might've wanted to insist on that. But I just want to say for women who have not used an epidural, hmm, good job. Wow. That, you know what I mean? That I wish that could have been me, but for me, I, I, I definitely, wanted and, and, and needed the epidural, um, which was a whole process too, because I, I always envisioned it being, you ask for it and you get it, but it was, they came in and, and they were like, okay, how's your pain level? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. And they were like, well, you need to have an IV and then you get your epidural. So it will be about 30 minutes. And so they're like, do you want to wait until you're, you know, in 30 minutes and then wait. So which would have technically been like an hour, right. From when we were just talking, or do you want to, you know, start it now. And I was sitting there and my mom's looking at me like she knew what she knew. She wanted me to get it then. But I was like, I, I you know, I, I'm tough. Right. And maybe we played, I played sports. I'm like, I can do this. And then I like, I looked at my husband and he was like, babe, like, 
you, it's okay. You can get it now. And I think they were both like, we need her to get this now. So I, I decided, I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'll get it now. Thank goodness I did. Cause by the time they came in to give me the epidural, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, I am so glad I am getting this. I was like, breathe. I'm like, and I'm not a big crier. That's not really like my thing. I, I, I normally, if I cry, I cry more because I'm mad that I'm crying. I'm one of those people, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting there crying. He's like, it's okay, babe. It's okay. And I'm like, you know, like it just, it was a total, oh, it was nothing I had expected, but it was, it was still pretty interesting, I guess would be the word. Then the epidural came. That was, I was like, oh, I feel great. This is, I was like, what do you mean? I'm like, this is, I could, we can do this. I was like, if this is birth, I got this, you know, having no idea. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is going to be cake. Uh, that was not the case. Um, so then we, we practiced some pushing and some, and because I, you know, I really hadn't practiced, like, I don't, I didn't really know like what muscles am I going to need to use? What is pushing need to look like or feel like to, you know, to get them out. And so in the, in the room that we had, I had to get moved to an OR for actual birth. So we practiced in the room and there's this bar that goes across the bed. So I practiced on that and I was like, okay. And I, I got it down. I'm like, okay, this is great. We're going to move you into the OR. And they move in the OR because there's always that scenario that I might need to have a C-section. And so I was like, okay. And my mom and, and, and my husband come in and we get in there and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, I asked for the bar and they're like, oh, no, 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 you don't get the bar. Not, we don't have the bar for an OR option. I was like, what? I don't have a bar. Like, I was like, so why? I was like, in my brain, I was like, why did I just practice for like 45 minutes on a bar? And now, I, so, oh yeah, I was totally, I was like, okay, well, so that was probably the only like thing that I was in there. Like, okay, don't go off. Like, Kati, be nice. You are mad because you are pregnant. You're about to give birth and it's okay. Uh, so I was like, okay, relaxed on that, figured it out. And, um, with the breathing and Dominican would count. So we would count. And that was like the best thing for me. It was like on beat. We tried music. It was too much stimulation. I couldn't, I couldn't do the whole music thing. And we start and Kingston comes out first and whole oh boy was that I, it was, the, I don't even know if I know how to put it into words. It was one of the most, I remember my sister asking me if it hurt. And I've heard of other women talking about how like they don't really remember the pain as much. And I don't know if that's, that's a, if it, but I don't remember being like, oh, it hurts so much. I just remember feeling like, okay, I, I figured out the push. He came out he's on me and home. Like this just a feeling of just, um, I, oh, I can't even put it in words. It just like love and astonishment and like, wait, that you were in me and that's, and I see me in you and you're, even though I still think I gave birth to two of my husbands, but that's okay. But like, you know, I'm like, I, there's, you know, I'm there and it was, it was amazing. So my husband and I had a plan that no matter what happens in, in birth, he has, he stays with the babies no matter what. So if something happens with me, I get taken care of him. He stays with the kids. If something happens with the kids, he stays and does that. So Kingston comes out and he's, um, he's getting worked out. I go and we start to process with Kari. My mom now steps in to do the counting for a minute. It was silent. I was like, mom, I was like, mom, I need you to count. I was like, I need to count. She was like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I was like, I, he had left. He went to go do what our plan was. I was like, I still need to get one more out. So we went and, um, Kari came out and I got to say hello to both of them. And then, um, Kari was having a little bit more of a harder time breathing. So 
Um, he had some more, like some fluids still in his lungs. And so uh, he had to be taken to a transitional NICU and was on a CPAP for about 12 hours. And so they, they designate those 12 hours to decide, do we need to admit you into the NICU or are you able to, you know, start to breathe on your own um, within that time? And he was able to do that. So that was an amazing, an amazing thing. But that meant Andromachan and Kari were, were gone. Um, and so they, they left. So Think about if that would have happened and my mom was not allowed in because of COVID. That would have just left me and my and 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 Kingston kind of defend for ourselves. And which is fine. We have, you know, beautiful and amazing doctors and nurses that are around. Um, but then I also my um my uterus was not closing. So I lost a lot of blood. And I ended up having um, we all got back to the room and by the end of it, I had to have two blood transfusions. So before the, the I got the first one, I really couldn't keep my eyes open. I, I really wasn't sure exactly what was going on, but I do remember the few times that they did have me, you know, get up to try to go to the bathroom or I was able to keep my eyes open that my mom was holding Kingston. Then just that piece of knowing that my child was with my mom, you know, someone who I trust with my entire life and being like that really made me feel good. I knew my husband had our, had our other son. And so it allowed for me to have that time to um, get the blood transfusion, sleep a little bit, and then be able to then kind of be awake and be more present and uh, do all of that. So we ended up leaving, went in on Thursday night. We ended up leaving on a Monday afternoon. Uh, I had an additional blood transfusion on Sunday because my blood, my platelet levels were still low. Technically left the hospital anemic, but I took all my iron pills. I'm good now. I, I got clearance. I'm, I'm all good and healthy now, but that was a definite experience. Um, and I, I mentioned it before, but I do remember after giving birth, being, making sure to tell myself, no, I'm not okay. Right. And then I sometimes think that as, as women and as people, we really try to put on a brave face and say, no, I'm good. I got this. I'm okay. I'm all right. And I wasn't okay. And I needed to make sure I I articulated that because I want to be around forever, you know? And, and I think that that was something that I really reflect back on and think like, what if I wouldn't have said that? Or what if my mom, you know what I mean? Didn't have people in there to advocate for me. That can be I can only imagine if I was had to do that scenario in a different way. I just want to do like a, you carried twins to 38 weeks <laughs> and birthed those beautiful twins vaginally. Yes. Come on. <laughs> that's, a, that's called a flex. That's a flex right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Right. Um, Thank you. You went through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You survived it was, a lot. Yeah, I feel really blessed. I feel, I feel very blessed and thankful. And sometimes I, my mom, my mom will tell me like, just to take time to be like in the moment. I don't think I always do that. You know what I mean? Um, but I also don't really know any different from my scenario that I had, you know, I don't, I hadn't had children prior or, you know, I don't, obviously I'm not pregnant now. So like, I, you know, I, I don't really know any other scenario, but um, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a journey for sure. It makes me think about like the importance of having support there. Um, mm-hmm. I think sometimes we think like, Oh, after the babies come out, 
we're good. Like mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, I, I loved that you were very clear and intentional about being like, if I'm not okay, voicing yeah. that. Um, yeah. Because that is something that I do think people will be like, well, maybe this is just part of it. And it's like, no, there's, there are things that are, po- that could possibly occur after the babies that are born, that mm-hmm. if there's anything that feels off, making sure that you're very open about that, but definitely like in, in your um, scenario of having twins and one needing to be off and your husband needing to be with them, like you needed that additional support and why, you know, I think especially birth workers, I mean, we're biased because we are birth workers, why we're like, it's important to have (laughs) additional support there. There's a reason for it. Um, Yeah. I think a village is, is such a, is something that I feel so blessed to have because that's something I had from the very beginning to currently right now. My mom, my mom and my youngest sister are here, you know, with that's one thing I would say with COVID that, um, well, there's a lot of, there's, there's lots of positive and, and, and different and negative things that happen with COVID. But one of them in particular is that my youngest sister, who's 14, um, was, is, was not in a typical school setting, right? So that allowed for my mom and my sister to come out and be here literally since March one. So I have had additional hands and help and his mom comes every single day. Like, you know what I mean? Like we, we have so many, our families are very involved. And I think the whole, the village piece is so huge. And as I mentioned, not only with family, but help of the doulas and, and friends and all of that, like how important having a village is. And, and one of the things that when learning this and recognizing this and talking about this as a family is, you know, this is how it, was this is how it used to be you know this is how birth and all of that was is that you had a community around you to help and support you and not until what we could i guess could could consider recent years would be that you know more independence and all of that and i think one thing that my ego has had to take is that i'm not less than by having help right and that i think is something that i take i you know my mom was a stay at home mom i felt like my mom did everything in my brain you know i remember my mom did everything and so and my mom had help as well but i don't remember the help that way i just remember mom being super mom so for me to ask for help whether it's even to change laundry i feel or i used to, i'm, I'm i feel a lot better about it now but especially in the beginning i really felt like i was failing because i wasn't being the everything wife, the everything mother, the everything daughter, the everything, you know, all of those things I had to ask for help and help is not easy to ask for in a lot of scenarios. So this was, this was one that I think that it, I, I had to take the grace and the take my ego out of it and say, you are a better mom and you are a better wife and you are a better friend and sister when you ask for the help versus trying to do it all yourself and, and probably not doing it as well as you could have, if you just would have asked for some help, you know? I think it's important for our listeners to know, too, that village is not just a noun. It's a verb. And when you go to create that village and who your community will actually be, not just who's been there, right? Like, oh, that's my friend here and this friend there. But like, who's ready to help you and actually Mm -hmm. work and not just be present, right? Because you don't you're not hosting, right? (laughs) We're not doing that. (laughs) If you're showing up, we're going to show up to put in some work, right? (laughs) 
100%. And if you want to come and just hang for a little, that's great. But if we're going to do this for a long time, you're going to need to change a diaper. You're going to need to hold a baby. You might have to do some laundry. I might need a drink because I'm nursing two babies and I'm going to need you to run to the kitchen. You know? <laughs> but yeah. Right. You don't have to cook, but can you DoorDash? Sure. Tell us about how postpartum was for you coming off Um, this. Yeah, it's it's um, so I think of postpartum kind of in in two ways. So one would be uh, postpartum, like postpartum depression, and then one would be postpartum and like just how I'm feeling and doing in general um, post pregnancy. And so for postpartum depression, I really tried to make an effort of. expressing how I was feeling all the time. So I really started that during my pregnancy of, of saying, you know, Oh, I am feeling really sad right now. I, I could, I could cry right now. Or, um, I'm feeling just kind of, ugh, and I don't really know how to explain it other than that sound of, ugh, and I don't know why. Um, or I'm in a really bad mood. Nobody has done anything, but guys, like I am just not feeling bubbly and happy. And I typically am a pretty high energy, like bubbly person. And so when, after I had the boys, I've just kind of consistently done that. And I don't, and nor does my family feel I've really suffered from any of the postpartum depression. I feel very blessed and happy about that. But even to this day, you know, I'm still, if there's a moment or a time, I just make sure that one person at least in our village knows that I'm feeling X, Y, Z, just so that if anything ever came up of like, oh, why is she being this? Oh, she's feeling a little cranky today. Okay, we got it. You know what I mean? Or where she's having a moment um, because I've had to take a couple moments. Um, And which then leads me to just, you know, kind of postpartum in general. I think for me in, in, in that sense has been a big learning piece for me because, you know, I, I went from working out all the time. Right. And, and, uh, I was, like, I got clearance to work out at the end of, um, May. And so for me, that's almost a year. I got, I got pregnant in the end of July, uh, without working out at all. Right. So, I had my first workout. It was on a Peloton bike. I felt great. I was like, almost cried. I cried a little bit. You know what I mean? I did all of that. But because it was such a release of all of these, I think, just emotions, endorphins and everything that I had to figure out other ways to express them. And my body was like, oh, this is this is how we remember expressing ourselves before. So that was a really nice and um, great way to kind of feel again in a different type of way. But I would say that I still am struggling with this new version of me. I I love the fact that my body was able to bring me these two beautiful lives. Right. And I love the fact, and it's been really kind of interesting to see how your body changes. Right. And, um, and, 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 and kind of transitioned. I've always been, for instance, I've always been a smaller chested with a big booty woman. And, and now I have these boobs that I'm like, I don't even know what to do with them. I'm like, where did these come from? You know, I'm like, wow. I'm like, so this is what it's like. Like, you know, I am like, okay. I'm like, okay, I might have to double bra up today. Like, oh, who is this? Who are we? Like, you know, I'm like, oh, okay. So I, I, it's, it's these new things that I'm like, okay, this is, 
this is this is new that I that I, I appreciate or I'm learning or find funny. Um, and then there's some times that I just don't like the way I look. You know, I think there's this struggle of I think I think how I've been feeling is people in general, we think, um, oh, you know, a woman gets pregnant and she must gain all this weight. Right. Or, and then, and, but if she doesn't, then she's fine. Right. Or it's, you know, if you look a certain type of way, then, and then there's a whole like snapback thing. And there, I just, it, there's all of these, I feel like expectations or stigmas or, or, or expect expectations of what it is. If, 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 you're having a hard time with their body. And for me, I feel like it's beautiful that people feel like, oh, you look great. And and I can appreciate that. But when I look in the mirror, sometimes I don't always feel that way. You know, I don't always feel that things aren't the way that they were before, you know, and, and part of that is giving myself time and grace, getting back into the gym, eating, you know, proper ways, even though I'm going to have some cookies, I'm going to eat some ice cream. You know what I mean? I'm not going to, you know, but it's taking that time to, to do that. I'm breastfeeding two kids, um, two growing boys that are, by the way, are massive. They are beautiful, but they are huge, you know? So it's, they are wanting to eat all the time. And so it's one of those things of just really trying to, I've really come to this new place of, I don't want to go backwards. I don't want to go back to where I was because I don't want to go back. Going back means not having these beautiful boys. Going back means being someone that I'm not anymore. And I've evolved and and grown out of, you know, I love who I am now. But it's also um, learning how to love this new version of me, right? You know, I spent 30 years getting to to where I am right now. And now I look in the mirror, I'm like, well, whose body is this? It's mine. It's my new one. And I'm, I got to love it and, and, and nurture it and give it what it needs because then it will love me back, you know? And um, so that's been a, bit, a big part of the postpartum for me, at least, is I've had my lay on the floor and cry in the, in the closets. I've, I've had it, looked at the, nothing fits is how, the way I want it to or how I remember it being. But um, again, I just, I keep going back to my village and my partner and how great and encouraging they are and how much they remind me to be kind to myself. Um, and I think that that's been a big piece too, is not only expressing it, acknowledging it, taking the bull by the horns and saying, you know what, this is, this is how I'm feeling. I'm going to just own it. And then also having the love and grace from my own family and friends around me, you know, has been really, really helpful with that process for me. I love the way um, that you describe like loving your new self, this new evolution of yourself um, that I wish society would wrap mothers and birthing people in. Um, that there is no going back. Like you said, there, there is literally no way to go back there because once you have children, there is, you, you transform no matter what you have, you do, you are now a new person. And that doesn't mean that you can't, um, I think for many people, they're afraid of losing themselves. Um, but the way that you described it really made me think that there, there is no loss, right? Like there's ways to incorporate the old self within this, this new being, this new person that you are, this new body that you have, that of course takes time. And like for some people, you know, you're able to grasp that in the first year. And then there's some people where it takes even longer because, you know, postpartum really is forever. Um, And there is an ebb and flow, like who you are throughout that, especially as your children also grow. Um, But I definitely, I just loved the way that you described that process of 
of loving the evolution of yourself um, after having children? I think I, I have I'm still learning it. And I think that also, you know, there's this, there's this expectation or, or thought that we might have for ourselves of, I want to look X, Y, Z, or, you know, sometimes I feel like I want to express it more. Like I want to be like, ah, oh, this is me naked. You know, I want to, I want to show the whole world and encourage women around me. Like it's okay. And like, you know, to fully, fully embrace it. But at the same time, it's scary. It's scary because not everyone understands it. So then, you know, for, for every, you know, I, there are many people who would encourage, but there are many people who would be the first ones to want to hate or tear down or, or do that. And it's a scary process to be so vulnerable. And for me, I think that's something that I am working on and, and am wanting to share more of, you know, I, that's something that I feel like as I've talked to more of my friends and I'm, I'm kind of catching up with my girlfriends on in the baby room. I caught up with a lot of them with the two. Right. So some people, some people have already had a couple and I'm like, Oh, I'm right there with you now. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, we're here. We both got two, but it, you know, that's been a, a fun thing, but being able to kind of, you know, understand and learn from other women and other moms and, um, that they too have noticed their differences, whether other people do or don't, you know, and that, it is okay to acknowledge those like, and love those, you know, it's, it's okay to do that. And it might not look how other people's look, whether that, whatever that is, if you have stretch marks or you don't have stretch marks, if you're, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be, but loving them is, I think just helps us to embrace it more. So I'm really trying and I'm working on, cause it is not easy, but to love every dimple curve stretch, whatever the case may be, cause it's who I am now. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I, like, I, like we just said, there's no going back. I don't want to, you know, this is, this is me. So yeah. Yes. Come through twin birth out here. <laughs> I've seen you out on the internet with your swimsuit on. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to like, use you know what I'm saying. I'm like, I would have done this prior. I'm like, I might have a little bit extra to show, but you know what? We're going to love it. We're going to love it and own it, you know? Cause it's like, I don't want to just hide. I, you know, it's, it's, I want to share and embrace and love what I, what that's me, you know? And um, my hope is that people do notice there is a little bit of a difference. I don't look the same, but that I'm still high spirits, loving myself, learning from it, embracing the days that I'm not, I might, you know, I might share a day that's like, just, you know what, it's hard. Today is hard, you know, or this week was hard. I, you know, that's, I think that's in anything and, and, and just trying to be really true with the way in which I move. Um, Cause I, I do think it's quite easy these days to hide behind what might not be true life, you know, and I don't have to share everything, you know, with everybody, but I think there are a good amount of things I do want to share. Right. And like thinking about the village, um, for some people, the the village and community comes from like social media or from other places where it's mm-hmm. not just physically being in pre- presence with people. I mean, even through podcasts, right? And so being yeah. able yeah. to hear that honesty and truth from people about the complexities of birthing children working mm-hmm. through postpartum allows for us to then be able to do the same on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, like, okay, there's a bunch of others out there learning to love their body. Like yes. I can do that too. I'm in community with yes. them for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. I totally agree. 
100%. (laughs) Yes. That's right. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners, whether it's resources, any advice, or anything from your Mm -hmm. own birth that you wanted to add? Um, I think always having grace with yourself and with the process is so important. And I would say the village piece, consulting, talking, working with doulas is amazing. Because for me, again, that's something that very much has been amazing in in my process for sure. And I've had a lot of girlfriends who have had doula work during the pregnancy, you know, during, during birth, postpartum. I just think it's great to, if you're able to even just consult one or have little help is amazing. And then I would also say there's one piece, um, as I'm currently breastfeeding one of my boys right now, that, um, it's not always the case for everyone and that it's okay to, you know, use supplement of milk. If you're not, you know, not everyone is able to produce and be able to breastfeed and that's okay too. You're not less than, you're not, you know, you're not anything less than anybody else. It's just part of that. And I think there's a stigma with breastfeeding that, you know, either you hide it and you don't want to show it, or you got to use formula to do it this way, or, you know, oh, you're not breastfeeding. Well, why not? Well, first of all, because there's, there's a lot of things that go into that. You know what I mean? And for me, my milk didn't drop for, I'd say probably the first like three or four, for about a week, let's say about a week, we use supplemental milk, excuse me. So for about a week, we did supplemental milk and there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Until my body was ready to do it. And if my milk wouldn't have dropped, there are a lot of other resources and great ways to do that. So I just think too, um, that I hope that women, other mothers understand that you are beautiful and wonderful no matter what, and your body will give what it can. And if you can't, that doesn't make you any less than. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we are extremely grateful um, especially for our twin community. Um, we have had, we've had a couple of twin stories, but whenever we get twin stories, we're always excited because we know that that community needs to be hearing other births similar to theirs. So just, yeah, no, for sure. I think woo, woo to the moms, woo to the twin moms, <laughs> woo to the triplets and more. Oh my goodness. I don't understand. Y'all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com. 